I think you're right. You know, I think some of the great minds of all time have avoided sleep to to work on their masterpieces. You know, and yeah, and twenty year old Kevin's playing with his dinghy <laughs> at five in the morning. Welcome to another episode of Are You Ready for Another? The ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead. I'm Kevin Murphy, and I'm Michael Moyer. So tonight, my first beer is from Buckeye Lake Brewery. And it's called Legend Valley IPA. And one thing that kind of caught my interest with it is it has a, a head of a, a guitar on the, the label of it. And I thought that was very fitting for what we're going to be talking about tonight. But um, the, <laughs> the beer is very citrusy. And I've just by doing these episodes, I've realized that I'm not a real big fan of like citrus IP- IPAs. There's just something about like the hop and then the citrusness. It just, I don't know. It I I don't really like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I I think the I think the brewery's pretty new too. I think may, maybe a couple years. Yeah. Um. I know it's right there. If if anybody's familiar with uh, Buckeye Lake, uh, where the yacht club is. Um, it's, I guess it's like right across the street from it. Um, <clears throat> so, cool. but it's interesting because they, they put their, um, their, uh, beers, they, they bottle them in like the old looking beer glass bottles, but it's, it's not your typical long neck. It's like kind of a, a short, short neck, uh, glass bottle. So it's, it's good that some breweries are, are trying to just in the sea of craft beer, you know, you got to make your beer stand out. So, yeah. you know, even by changing the bottle, it, it, it does, it makes it stand out. I mean, I picked it up today, so. I am drinking a beer from New Glarus, Wisconsin. And I wonder if you, I'm pronouncing that right. It's G-L-A-R-U-S, but it's like Glarus. Okay. But I wonder if it's like a regional Wisconsin pronunciation right. that right like la Russe or something yeah so. <laughs> but, just, um, just don't go there and and ask for it you'll have another uh, yeah, 312 yeah. moment they'll be like hon it's new guerrilla <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but no this is called a cranbic 2018 katie's been picking my beers for the last few weeks because she wants to try them um all so uh we're splitting this one again too and this mm. is another sour so i think i believe these are the last of our sours for probably a few weeks and i'm gonna gotcha. get back on my, my normal schedule but but it is a sour um when i opened it it smelled like bubble gum and i was like what and now i don't smell bubble gum anymore okay. so it just must have been in that initial whiff um right overtook me uh, right <laughs> it, it's it's okay i think the cran part of it is like the cranberries or something and it, it's kind of fruity it's almost a little too fruity uh for me not enough sour uh which is normally how i can put up with some more fruitier beers if they're they're sour so gotcha yeah it's 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 pretty nice so when do you, when do you taste the the fruitiness of it like is it right away or yeah it's 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 whatever those mouth feels are it's the first feel Okay. And then the sour comes as you're swallowing, and then afterwards mm. it's kind of like a a bite. Yeah, I was I was looking. I just brought up that um, Ohio Craft Beer uh, website that you shared with me the other day. Oh yeah, and so I was looking just at Buckeye Lake. I wanted to make sure they were on there, and uh, we'll share this in the show notes. But this is a, a website. It's the Ohio Craft Brewers Association, and it's just all Ohio craft uh, yeah. breweries. There is a an interesting distinction of what makes a craft brewery. And I remember Katie showing me an article once and it's under a certain level like, Oh, and I think Sam Adams was the one that came up with this because they still wanted to be considered craft brewery, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's whatever they were making. It was like X number of barrels a year and and this many things and stuff. So I I was trying to look on here and what's, well, what's funny is right above Buckeye Lake there, there is brew dog from, Canal, but th- I don't think I like this. Brewdog is on here three times. Oh, because they have two Columbus locations? Yes. So they have Brewdog, yeah. and then they have Brewdog Franklinton and Brewdog Short North. Yeah. And so I'm huh. like, okay, if you're going to play that, does Jackie O's have two locations here? Because there's the, right. the, well, technically three locations. There is the tap room where they bottle all their beers sold all over Ohio. 
there is the um we call it the old side and the new side. It's got an uh-huh. actual, like, Jackie O's calls it <laughs> something different. But the old side is where they actually started brewing their beer. That still has different beers that are brewed uptown. And then the, the new side, which is where the restaurant is, it has different beers. So why isn't Jackie O's on here three times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Ohio craft beer. <laughs> I know. You know what? I was really surprised, you know, because when when you pull up the map, it like shows you breweries around you. Mm -hmm. And there were like a couple ones that I'm like, I have never like this is literally in my backyard and I've never heard of this place before. So I don't know if they're like brand new or if they're just like that. I'm just like out of touch. But um, (laughs) but yeah, there was like two. Two two up in Pal that I had never heard of before, and I'm just like, holy cow! Like I have all these breweries that I need to go to now. Like I, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool because definitely saw someone, you know, some some uh, breweries on there that I I hadn't even mm-hmm. heard of before. So, well, and what's nice is this Ohio Craft Brewers Association has an app, and it's specifically to try and get people to like kind of explore all the new breweries no it does a thing like you can check in a beer like untap does Uh but i think you also get um uh, remember when we did that coffee uh tour of columbus oh yeah Mm -hmm. and we got little booklets you know and it was like Mm -hmm. oh you could do the whole thing and you get like stamps i think it's a similar concept where you can do a brewery tour and you like check in and it's like oh how many of ohio have you done and so it's yeah it would be kind of fun to like make that a summer project of of have you made it to every brewery on the list in Ohio? Right, <laughs> you know, there's what three hundred yeah. and some or five hundred and some. Right, uh, but <laughs> I don't know. That could be like a you know a fun uh, you know activity to do. It oh yeah, a little difficult when you're up near Cleveland. It looks you know there's right. a ton and you know right. Cincinnati but maybe just start in you know around you you said there was a few around you now like, yeah like hey mm-hmm. let's go because most of them probably have food so you know yeah make it mm-hmm. a, a date night and go out and stuff right but. right <laughs> but yeah I was I was I was shocked actually you know because I feel like I I I am pretty aware of the kind of going ons around me but yeah for 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 me to like see three breweries that are like right in my backyard that I'm like, I have never heard of these places before. So I definitely want to go check them out. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, uh, my friend Mark in DC, he subscribed to like young men quarterly or something. <laughs> I'm making that up, but, but it was, yeah. it was just an E newsletter. Um, uh-huh. j- literally just about places opening up in DC. Right. Like, Hey, right. here's this new cocktail bar over here. You know, yeah. here's this new place. And so he would just be like, Hey, I really want to try this place out. You know, I saw it in the thing and right. I, you know, I think you should do something similar is <laughs> just to find whatever the, you know, gentleman's quarterly equivalent yeah. is in Columbus and subscribe to that and see what goes right. on. Right. Right. <laughs> there's actually, um, there's a new, uh, tiki bar that just opened up in Pal, mm-hmm. and it reminds me a lot of um, Three Dots and a Dash in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have really fun drinks that you know, it's like a li- little like totem tiki and and umbrellas and stuff like that. So it's um, it's a, a place I, I definitely want to go check out, but it it looks really fun. Like just their their cups that they have their cocktails in are just very hawaiian tiki themed it's a blessing and a curse right but one of the benefits of living in a small town is when something new opens everybody hears about it you yeah. know, like, <laughs> <laughs> hey did you hear about the new place and so you hear if it's good or not it like immediately right. people's th- right. minds are made up even if they've not tried it themselves because they heard from a friend <laughs> that it had a rough start and stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> so tonight kevin and i are going to discuss concerts going and seeing bands is a huge part of our life so why don't we go ahead and get started with, tell me about your first concert. And and I, l- let's kind of make a distinction on what a concert okay. is, right? Growing up, I would never have counted the Lancaster uh, Music Festival. Right. And for anyone not aware, this is like a big festival in uh, Lancaster, Ohio. Um, but then as I got older, I'm like, well, no, those are still legit concerts. They're just, yeah. they weren't yeah. framed for me. Like, when I'm six, I don't, I didn't <laughs> want to go see 
you know, yeah. whatever the guy's name that's been. Right, right. <laughs> and even if you were there, you weren't freaking paying attention anyways. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I went to multiple Lancaster Festival concerts and I, yeah, I, I wasn't there for the music. That's for sure. <laughs> Looking back through some of these ticket stubs, I'm like, oh, I totally forgot about that one. With the newer concerts that I'm seeing, you know, like I don't, I don't, uh, I might not remember them. But so my very first concert, and I have the ticket stub right in front of me. It was uh, Wednesday, September 19th, 2001 at 7 p.m. And it was Mo at the Newport Music Hall. And I just think it's funny because the ticket was only $17. <laughs> and that was the total price. Yeah. There, there was no, like, a jillion Ticketmaster fees on it that made right. it $30 after. Right. Know. Had you been listening to Mo at all at that point? Was I just like, hey, do you want to go see this band? Do you remember anything about the getting up to that point of seeing Mo? Yeah, I think it was definitely... Um, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was I was considered a fan, I don't think. I think maybe I had a maybe a month's months had notice or something and um you know, picked up one one or two of their albums and started listening to it. But yeah, to to say that I was like a, a Mo fan before this concert happened, I I don't think I really was. I think it was just I was invited to it which I thought was a pretty big deal at the time. I'm, I mean, I remember, like, I had to ask my parents if, if I could go, and, you know, we wouldn't be getting back until late. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, it, was, it was definitely a, a big deal um, going there. And I think I was familiar enough with their music, but I wasn't like... Uh, a moron is what they call their fans, okay. I believe. <laughs> but uh, were you a fan after the concert? Because for people that don't know, Mo is a jam band. Um, they are the, like, if, if you hear the term jam band and you kind of like throw up a little in your mouth, they are the like most extreme version of that jam band. No song is less than 15 minutes long. (laughs) And when they're they're got a crunchy groove going and they're building up and building up, you think they're going to release and nope, they don't. They just keep going and going and going. remember it being very eye-opening like jam music in general is just very mind expanding but then like to also have that as your very first concert and the fact that we were like right down in you know like five feet from the stage or something yeah uh, i just remember it just being very like holy cow <laughs> i need more of these in my life wait a minute I had that wrong. Holy shit. So I saw actually Mo twice that year. <laughs> my first, so that September show was my second yep, Mo show. Yep. So I just, I just completely fucked it up. Um, March 9th, 2001. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, why I asked that is because, yeah, I, I've got an Excel sheet of all my concerts, uh, ticket subs that I put in. Okay. And my 30, 30th show that I'd seen, our concert that I'd seen. Um, since I started tracking my concerts, was Mo right. on March 9th, 2001 at Newport Music Hall in Columbus. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw Mo twice that year. But yeah, the March 9th show was definitely my first one. It wasn't the September one. Yeah, so my first concert, it was, I believe, right at the end of eighth grade. Like, So summer was kicking off. Mm-hmm. Um, Columbus at the time had an outside amphitheater called Players Amphitheater. I think my brother just bought me tickets to go to it i i don't remember why he did this but he was like do you want to go to a concert and it was just him and i 
and uh-huh. it was Chicago and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember liking Crosby, Stills, and Nash because they were one of the bands, you know, my dad would play on the albums and stuff, but I, I didn't really have any context of Chicago other than like 1980 Chicago, which was all the, yeah. the every wedding had all those songs playing. How many uh, first dance songs were for Chicago in the 1980s? You know how love was meant to be The kind of love to last forever And I want you But compared to like their uh, one album that my dad has, the first track on it is just like badass. I don't remember much from that concert other than the drummer had a gold drum set and they kept like zooming in on the drummer and it was just this huge drum set. And at that point I'd been playing guitar for, you know, a year and a half, but not, but like I'd said before, I didn't really start playing until I got the new guitar teacher in eighth grade. So mm-hmm. it's probably been only yeah. six months at that point. And so I was much more into like seeing like what musicians were playing and everything. But then Crosby, Stills and Nash came on and uh, I, I guess I knew they did harmonies, you know, from what I'd heard on the radio and stuff, but actually seeing mm-hmm. them harmonize, mm-hmm. like, blew my mind. And they had this one song, it was just, like, the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. So, so yeah, so that was my first show, and mm-hmm. I I felt, like, really cool going to it, because I remember Dustin was coming over around that time, you know, for playing guitar and stuff, and he heard that I went to Polaris, and he was like, oh, I was just up there for this concert, and it was another connection point for us, you know, of, like, hey, we don't have much in common at school, right? Uh, but we're having this connection musically, uh, uh-huh. and so it was just kind of a cool thing. Uh, uh-huh. That I hadn't experienced before, and and as I left it, I immediately tried to find all the songs that I loved from hearing them. But one, I didn't know what the songs were. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and, and and two, I was like, I, my dad only at that point only had like three CDs of Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young, and I kept uh-huh. like playing all the CDs trying to find that one song that oh, I was, yeah. like, and I couldn't find it. So do you think, like, after that concert, because you said that you just started playing guitar right before you went to that concert. So do you think that concert, like, made you, like, further reinforce your your desire to play guitar? Yeah, and I think that triggered the first instance of while I'm at a concert and it's a good band or yeah. a good musician. I, I want to go home and play, you know? Right. Um, right. And that, that kind of started with, I just want to go home and play my guitar by myself. But then as I got older and I'd be with other bandmates and stuff and we'd see somebody really awesome. It just like, it kind of inspired me to be like, Oh, we should just go home and play right now. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I had that, that big feeling, but it was definitely, a mixture of like I felt like I was doing big boy stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to a concert now, and look at all these yeah. people drinking beer and doing drugs and stuff around me, you know. <laughs> no, why I bring that up is is so I started playing bass in 2000. So I had really only been playing bass l- less than a year on the first Mo show because I started playing bass in June of 2000, um, and I just remember you know, those early Mo albums with Rob and like, you know, the slapping of the bass. I just remember like seeing that and just like that inspired me to like 
want to become better and like you know really you know hone my base skills How many would you think you have been to over the years since that 2001 Mo show? It's been 18 years. Yeah. Um, man. Uh, I mean, is it more than 50, would you say? I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to say it's more than 50 um, because I, there, I I feel like if if we could compare, like if we had an accurate um, amount of concerts you have definitely been to a lot more um but definitely not more than 50 i'm gonna say probably somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe like 35 something like yeah. that i yeah that's probably accurate but i don't know like you will still go see shows like i've definitely slowed down you know the the 2010s for me have been most of my shows are like multi concert shows. Yeah. Like Yeah. Um Is there a particular year that was like the most for you? Um let me I can tell you right here. <laughs> um <laughs> it looks like it was probably nineteen ninety nine. And so that would ninety nine. That huh. would have been my junior year to senior year of high school. Okay. And here here's one of the things I think that is is pulling back from that is in college I started seeing a lot more local bands. Um now in hindsight I would like to be like, "Oh yeah, I saw Skeleton Witch back in 2005 or whatever up at the yeah. Union." Uh-huh. But I I didn't one you don't get tickets, right? You just pay your $10 cover. And they stamp your hand because you're 21 and over and you're in and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that replaced a lot of the like, oh, yep, we're, we're we're driving to Cincinnati or we're driving to Virginia to go see so-and-so. Because it was just like, well, why? I, I've seen a lot of bands, right? I don't need to drive 10 hours to go see someone now. Like, yeah, I would do that uh-huh. once a year. And then the rest of the time would just be seeing local people or occasionally going up to Newport and, you know, seeing right. somebody. But but that's probably why. And and ninety nine was the peak of you know, I had this new group of friends with Dutch Uncle, the band, and mm-hmm. we were together all the time and it was like you know, it was I don't know, there's just so many things happening around that. It was like, let's go see a concert and it would be like yeah. on a school night and you know, my parents were super flexible with that and because as long as they knew what I was doing, they were okay with it, you know. So <laughs> I I would be up at Newport and then be back by midnight or whatever and go to school the next day. And so I, I, I do think that was the um, probably busiest year, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Cause I, and, and, and how many concerts do you, do you think you saw that, that um, year? It looks like 17. Jesus Christ. And, and most of those are at Newport or okay. uh, Polaris. Okay. I mean, just at Polaris that Man, summer, it was crazy. It was Fish, Dave Matthews twice, Everlast, uh, Lenny Kravitz and the Black Crows. Um, oh man, at Polaris. Huh. Um, you know, and then we went to then we went to Cincinnati in in early December for a two night show to see Fish uh, down there. But yeah, that was kind of a crazy year because we also saw <laughs> um, uh, Bare Naked Ladies at the I don't know if it's still called this, but it was called the Patel Hall at the time in the convention center. But yeah, so that that was definitely the, the biggest year, and that was probably also around the time when I was like, I had fun going to the Everlast show, <laughs> you know, like I I do remember it, like right. But right. at the same time, the only reason I went is because girls were there. <laughs> yeah, like that's that is exactly it. What do you think your peak year is for concert seeing? Uh, so I don't, I don't think this is probably of change. Like, even though I basically don't have ticket stubs after 2003 or not 2003, 2013, um, 
but in 2003, I saw seven concerts that year. And I think that was definitely my my uh, heaviest year that I actually went and saw concerts. <clears throat> okay, so um, let's. Uh, I'm gonna go through mine, and I want okay. and I want you to say which ones you attended with me. Okay, in okay. 2003, so I saw Mo at Newport on four four two thousand three in Columbus. Yeah, I was there. Okay. Uh, I don't think you were here for this because I think I was visiting Nate, but I saw Ben Folds and Tegan and Sarah up at, in Cleveland at Severance Hall. Huh. Uh, Dada at the factory in yep. 2003. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> the, April 19th. <laughs> uh, Dave Matthews, uh, June 2003 at Jermaine. Ger- no. no, at this point, it had changed venues. It was no longer Polaris. It was Jermaine oh. at the theater. At yeah. <laughs> um, I think this next one you were at, uh, Maroon 5, OAR, Matt Nathanson. Oh. Up, oh, in, yeah. up in Cleveland at the Better Than Ever Fine Fest. Ever Fine Fest. So, um, and Johnny was there too. Yeah, I mean, he was the one that t- told us about it, um, right? Because John was an OAR fan, and people that don't know OAR is a, I think it stands for Of a Revolution. Still annoys me twenty years later, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's O period A period R period. Sorry, OAR fans, good band, but I just never have liked that that name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they're from, are they? Uh, they're probably from different parts of the country. But anyways, they formed at Ohio State probably in the mid '90s, and started a following there. And you know, they've made you know decent name of themselves uh, right, over time and right. stuff. Uh, but but they had this better than ever fine fest up in Cleveland that they were kind of the headliners for for a few years. I don't know if they still do it or not, but. Um, so you'd have the main stage, and like most concerts like that, you would have a main stage and you'd have a side stage. And one of the bands at the side stage was a little tiny band called Maroon Five, <laughs> <laughs> and and John was like playing. Um, it's getting harder and harder to breathe. You know, he was like, "This is yeah, their new song." I was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I have heard this on the radio." Like it literally just come out, or it, it came popular around us, anyways, at that time. And I don't know, it's just fun. You know, seeing this little side stage right, band, and now right. this year they played the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> Now, tell me if you remember this, because this is what I, I, I remember seeing uh, Maroon 5 at that concert. But one memory that stands out to me is when um, OAR finally took main stage and, and they were the last band that night to go on. The sound guy just like cranked the speakers. Like, I mean, we were standing like all the way back and we were just like, you know, our young little ears were like, Jesus, that is really loud. <laughs> and I remember there was a girl that was like holding her ears. And I think like maybe one of the staff was with her. Oh, yeah. And she was like, I think she was like kind of close to the front of the stage or something. And she was like crying or something. And she probably like blew an eardrum or something. Probably but did. I just, I just remember it was like, it was like, you know, the band wasn't playing yet. Like maybe the guitarist like had strum a, you know, like an E chord or something like that. It was just like, everybody, OAR. <laughs> and it was just like so fucking loud. And that's why we kind of moved back because of yeah. how loud it was. It did. It, and, and anybody that's been to concerts that literally they just cranked to the 11. It yeah. never sounds good, you know? Right, <laughs> right. Um, and, and so I remember us, like, moving pretty far back during OAR's set just because... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, I it. just... I, <laughs> they just had it so fucking loud. <laughs> All right, what else What else do you have in there for 2003? All right, so Poison at the House of Blues in Myrtle Beach. I don't think you were... <laughs> yeah, there, I don't think I was that at that um, This next one, Dave Matthews at Central Park. I uh, no, played hooky definite, with college. Definitely <laughs> I've got reprimanded in my program for that one. <laughs> hey, man, but you're on the DVD, that, right? That is, well, no, you can see Dustin. Uh, oh, so, okay. like, there's a panning Dustin. shot. You can see Dustin's red shirt. <laughs> Maybe if they ever release that on Blu-ray, we can get, like, you know, actually see Dustin's face. But yeah, we were yeah. like, I don't know, what would be the equivalent of nine rows back or something. We were very close. It was pretty fun. Okay. Uh, Keller Williams at Newport on October Boom. 3rd. Boom. Okay, I was there. there. Yeah. Nice. Um, and for some reason, I think 
So this is crazy. So I had to have broken my arm in between the Dave Matthews show and the Keller Williams show. And the reason I know that is because Adam's old roommate, Tim, was at that Keller Williams show. And he uh-huh. was actually in sports medicine um, at college. So, like, he had that background in, like, sports okay. industry. And uh-huh. I remember being up there, like, when we were listening to Keller Williams, and he was telling me about it. And he was huh. like, yeah, you got to be careful with your arm and stuff. So, yeah, it must have happened in between, you know, the, the September 24th and October 3rd is when I when I broke my arm playing playing flag uh football (laughs) but um yeah that's crazy i I never really thought about that okay but continuing on uh mo on december 6 2003 at newport see i don't i don't have that one so i don't think i was there i bet you would have been there if we were there for keller williams and stuff um is that your last uh, concert or do you have any more that year the the keller williams is the last oh three one i have yeah, that, yeah, that was probably my next biggest year because I saw Coldplay at the beginning of the year, Particle, Mo. Oh, uh, we well, talked about you that. also you're also missing the Hampton concerts where oh yeah, you're, January, oh crap, you're January. right. No, nope, I take that back. 2003 is my my biggest year. One, two, three, four, five. I, I must have only been counting the summer because uh, yeah, you're right. We kicked off the year. <laughs> <laughs> driving yeah, to with three concerts to to, to Virginia um, in Hampton and seeing fish on uh, January second, January third, and January fourth. Um, which to put it in a little context, fish had gone on a break, probably in two thousand or something. I'm, I'm getting dates wrong, mm-hmm. but they announced that they were going to be doing a New Year's show. Uh, to come back. And then immediately following that, they were going to be playing a three-night stay at Hampton Coliseum in Hampton, Virginia. And Roach was like, do you guys want to go? And we said, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> so it was you, me, and Andrew um, right. going for all three nights. And we drove to Virginia. Did we? Oh, no. The, so here's what happens is we, we actually st- had New Year's Eve, right? And so we yeah. had a New Year's Eve party at uh, Tori and Brent's house. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, we had to drive like 10 hours to Hampton, Virginia. <sighs> I was so hungover in the backseat of the TPO. <laughs> I just remember like, God, just kill me now. And I think we had stopped at like Burger King or something. And that was like the first time I ever heard like, yeah, I got to get that grease to soak it up. <laughs> and so I'm just like eating this Whopper in the back of your tempo, like trying to feel better. Uh, and then, well, but what, what's funny about these tickets is they say no cameras, video or unauthorized recording. And it's just funny to think that now, yeah. like where everybody has a fucking iPhone, you yeah, know? Exactly. And well, I even remember that same year at that Dave Matthews concert, um, they were because people are starting to have cell phones that year uh-huh. that had like a horribly, horribly crappy camera, right? Um, but they were like making people take their batteries out of their cell phones, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, like <laughs> take your battery out, put it in your pocket, okay? Yeah. They're security right, because right. um, there's no way they're going to take their cell phones, you know, like these yeah. super expensive things. But <laughs> that was a fun show because. I one thing and it's kind of similar with playing in a band I never liked being messed up at shows Mm -hmm. like I've I've definitely been drunk at shows but then I I, I never enjoy it right because then it becomes about the drinking not about listening to the music right and so that Hampton show is a perfect example where like yeah we had a good time on New Year's Eve but those next three nights were like pretty like you know, like sober times because we just wanted to to, to experience it. And what was fun about yeah. that show is all fish shows are um, uh, general admission, or at least they were at the time. I don't know if they are anymore. But it was kind of first come, first serve. So if you wanted to be first in line to get up to the front of the stage, you just got there really early that morning. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. so we would get there early. And I think we got there pretty early the first day because we were pretty close. Um, Cause I I, I just, <laughs> the only thing I remember about that first night 
is we're like within the equivalent of 10 rows or something, right? Maybe yeah. 15 mm-hmm. rows. And yeah. I just remember, I don't remember what song was playing. And you probably do. You could correct me. But Kevin is literally just like using my shoulder to yeah. <laughs> like push himself up. So you just see this. If you, I just look over and I see Kevin just like jumping like five feet in the air by like right. pushing up on right. me and stuff. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I would love to have had a Fitbit back then for all the, yeah. <laughs> the hippie dance moves we were doing. And Oh, I know. Oh, and then I just remember, like, during intermission, like, everybody sat down. Yeah. Yeah, because you're, you're bored They've out. been rocking for so long. And, and so what was awesome is the next two nights, we would be like, well, we did the front row thing. What are we going to do now? So um, did we do the side stage the next night or behind the stage the next night? No. So behind the stage was the last night. Got it. Got the, it. The, the side was the second, second night. night. Yeah. So we were just like, let's go to the side. And then the last night, we're like, hey, we normally don't get any, uh, an excuse to go behind. And we went behind. And I, I, I enjoyed all of them. You know, I, I think the behind the stage was really cool just because you got to see yeah. a different um, perspective. But right, um, right. I liked all of it. And I don't remember driving back. Did Roach drive back with us, or did he take a train back to no, Yale? No, um, he came. He came back with us. He did. I think. Okay, yeah, couldn't remember. Yeah, but I remember that was that was the night. Um, it was you decided to drive back after that last concert, and you you were fucking going like slap happy because oh you you hadn't slept for like you know, 28 hours or something <laughs> like that. And I remember, you know, cause like Roach was passed out. I was passed out and you had stopped and got gas and you're like, you know, you're like slapping yourself and you're like, ah, oh, two more hours, two more hours. <laughs> and I remember you had like, you had talked about like there was a Simpsons episode, like where, like, I think maybe Homer's driving and he's like groggy and like the 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 car becomes like a bed. Oh yeah, at least I do. <laughs> yeah, and so you were saying you were saying like yeah, I'd shut my eyes for a second, and all of a sudden like the car would be a bed, and it was. Yeah. And that's why rumble strips are invented. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, life advice, folks: don't take driving while drowsy <laughs> lightly michael's very young and dumb and stupid yeah, like sure yeah. i can drive I, I don't know yeah i can drive after seeing a concert and we <laughs> drove all the way back and you did you i don't think andrew drove at all i think you, no. you fucking powered through yeah, that, I, that whole way yeah i don't generally have other people drive unless if i uh, yeah can help it and stuff especially andrew sorry roach uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my next beer is High Wire Brewing, and it's a high-pitched mosaic IPA, which I haven't done my research and figuring out what a mosaic IPA is, but it's it's actually copy or uh, like rights reserved behind the mosaic. So there must be some special technique brewing something. That they're like, oh, this is a mosaic IPA. <laughs> What's but the it, label it, look like? So the High Wire Brewery is um, they they they've taken the whole like circus um, theme. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of their um, uh, so all of their labels are like circus themed. So yeah. this is a um, hippopotamus yelling into a like megaphone. But then they have like other ones that have like you know high wire people on it and stuff. But it's uh it's it's pretty good. I it doesn't have the fruitiness that uh, the other one had, so it tastes much better than my first one. So, Michael, what's your second beer tonight? This is another Urban Family Brewing Company beer. Another sour. <laughs> um, this is preservation. <laughs> it is a sour air with raspberries and blackberries. Huh. This one is much better than okay. the uh, Nuclearis. 
sorry, nuclear lovers, but uh, it's pretty delicious. And, and like yeah. last week, I liked. I, I think the last week, you know, it was a very very similar in style for the Urban Family Brewing Company. Yeah, uh, but yeah, obviously this one's brewed with a little differently. So this one has the raspberries and blackberries. And no, oh, okay. I tend to like rye wheat beers. Um, you know, raspberry beers can be super hit or miss they either taste too razzy <laughs> or or not enough or, you know yeah something. but uh-huh. this one obviously isn't trying to be a raspberry it's a sour but it i can feel that, that those raspberries in there they're pretty good mm. <clears throat> okay so do you have any rituals that you go through before a show or even after a show like do you have to wear your cool you know sneakers and your backwards cap or anything like that um, so I, I typically, I, I always try to listen to the band. Like, even if I'm a fan of the band, I usually try to listen to them, you know, uh, the days leading up to the concert or even the day of, like even, even traveling to the concert, I try to try to listen to the band, um, just, to just to kind of get in that mode of, of you know, what, what the band's all about. And, and it was actually pretty cool. Um, I was going to a concert recently and everybody was lined up outside. Um, and I was like passing them and I had like the music rocking and I just felt like, I was just like, yeah, you know, like (laughs) I, I was just like, everybody knows where I'm going. Yeah. But yeah, I I think definitely trying to uh to listen to the band as much as I can the days, you know, leading up to it is it would be considered a um kind of a pre-concert ritual that I have. Mhm. Yeah, I'm very similar like it it depends on the band. Some bands will have 30 albums and I might not listen to all 30 and stuff, but uh right, you right. Because it's one of those things where okay, if you're seeing Eric Clapton, and he has just come out with a new album in the last year. You know that Eric Clapton is going to play all the the hits, right? He's going to play Layla at some point. He, yeah, you know, all yeah. This stuff. But uh-huh. then he's probably going to play a majority of his new album. So you have that type of concert where, and I'd say that's majority of how concerts are, where they, they will play a lot of the new album uh, and obviously the song that everybody wants to hear. But yeah. then you'll have like these jam bands like Fish and stuff who will literally might play one song off their new album, you know, and you might not hear the song that you want to hear, you know, oh, I love Farmhouse and well, we haven't played it in two and a half years. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. so there's like these two different things. So I, so when I am listening to a band's music, um, sometimes I'll think about that, like, oh man, I'd love to hear this song. Uh, but you know, if I'm seeing... Portugal the man I'm pretty sure we're gonna hear their hit you know <laughs> like <laughs> another thing I like to do is <laughs> I like to plan my um plan of escape from the concert <laughs> you know like <laughs> you know especially the bigger the concert is I hate being around that many people so like when you're going into the venue for the first time I'm gonna be like okay we have front row tickets, but I don't want to be in the front row after the last song. So we're going to move back and sit here like <laughs> during yeah, the end. And, yeah. stuff. and it's just something I, I think my brother kind of did that even on that first Crosby stills and Nash show of like, okay, let's move over here. We can still listen to the song, but you know, we're going to be prepped yeah. and primed to get the <laughs> F out of here, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. That's funny. Do you have any like uh post show rituals? Um, I think they've changed over the years, uh, depending on the venue, <laughs> um, Kevin and I, in th- those few years, we were going to a lot of Newport shows. We would always hit up, uh, like rallies on high street. Oh yeah. Get multiple, <laughs> which, big is still the, which is still there by the way, oh, it is? rock, rock and rock and strong. The rallies <laughs> on high. I'd like, I'd like to think that if we went back at 3am or whatever, <laughs> Whatever we were there, they'd be like, "We haven't seen you in fifteen yeah. years." <laughs> oh man! And it's funny to think, like at the time when we would go there, how foreign that felt to me. 
Like, I felt like that drive from the venue to the rallies was, like, so far away and <laughs> such a foreign land. And now that I know Columbus, I'm just like, that's funny how I used to think, like, that was really far away from, you know, yes. Newport. It is It is a, I just looked it up, it is a 1.5 mile drive. So, I mean, yeah. not, and that is, you know, not short by any means right, on the high street, right. but a seven minute drive. Yeah. So we would technically go out of our way to go to this rallies before we'd have yeah. over on Hudson and, you know, jump yeah. on 71 and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was, that was for whatever reason, that was our, um, <laughs> uh, ritual, uh, for a long time. Right. And right. I'd still like to have and, that ritual, but, uh, I can't really do the calories anymore at two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> didn't we do a, a steak wasn't steak and shake kind of a ritual <clears throat> place so it was but that should have been discussed on our bands episode because if you remember uh when kevin would run sound for us back in the day if we ever played any gigs in lancaster ohio we would always just kevin and i not the band just kevin yeah. and i would go <laughs> to steak and shake (laughs) and what's funny about that is uh, okay do you remember this you had some weird thing where you were like i haven't slept in like 32 hours yeah and and so kevin would be like proud of himself for not like going bed the night before and then he would do the show and then i'd be like do you want to go to steak and shake and and you'd be like yes and then (laughs) And then you'd be sitting in Steak and Shake, literally like passing out because you yeah. hadn't slept in however many hours it had been at that point. I think that was so. I, for our listeners, uh, I went through this brief phase of like I thought sleep was stupid. Like I'm like, but you can like just do so much more if you never had to sleep. <laughs> and so I just I wouldn't sleep because I just wanted to like do stuff. And so, yeah, it, which is, it's funny to think like now, like sleep, sleep is like, <laughs> I can't function without sleep. So it's funny to think like I used to think it was stupid you, because no, I, now I, I'm like. I think you're right. You know, I think some of the great minds of all time have avoided sleep to, to work on their masterpieces, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and, and, and 20 year old Kevin's playing with his dinghy. <laughs> five in the morning so what what were you doing do you even remember was just like you know um i think there was a lot of um like gran turismo in there (laughs) i would do like endurance races and stuff like that oh was there would that have been around the flight simulator time uh probably you're like dad i'm flying to la today (laughs) yeah (laughs) i can't leave my computer dead (laughs) right which I, I actually just found out. I think this opened up recently. It's on uh, Bethel Road. I can't remember the name of it. But there's a flight simulator. Um, and I think it's like a pro-level flight simulator. And you, you I think they, it's like $100 for 35 minutes Woo-hoo. or something like that. Um, but I kind of want to do it just because I like, I'm just like, you know, reliving the, the glory days of me like, taking my airplane off the the runway and stuff like that but it'd be like a legit flight simulator all right so i think so this i think that'd be pretty cool. this show would literally just be kevin and i coming up with um things to do around columbus which is yeah. go golfing <laughs> but not really golf and go into a flight simulator <laughs> yeah go fly a plane but it's not really a plane so okay so melissa buys you a flight simulator uh, day or whatever it is okay are you uh-huh. super excited about it you know what i th- i think i would be like i think i you know because my so i wanted to be a um and i know we're kind of getting off topic here yeah. but uh i i i wanted to be a commercial airline pilot that was like the first thing that i was like dead set on um and I, there's still a part of me that really enjoys like you know airplanes and like the you know like in my I've always thought like you know maybe when I can have some extra money and and I would like to get my private pilot's license yeah um it's really not too expensive I think it's a couple thousand dollars and you know you take lessons and you're you're certified to fly just the tiny little planes 
And I, I still think that would be a fun because a lot of that knowledge that I, uh, you know, uh, you know, got during the, the flight sim days, I still have it, you know, like I still could look into a cockpit and be like, oh, that's, you know, that tells you your altitude and that's your, you know, speed. And so, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I think I, I would I would I would love this. Like I actually might just like go and do it sometime. <laughs> hey Melissa, hint hint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but yeah. anyways, back on track. I think we've all been there where you know, I'm sure somebody I know in Athens is like, Oh yeah, when Led Zeppelin played the convo in Athens in nineteen sixty nine, I was like, Oh, I heard about them, but uh, it's too expensive. It's like ten dollars or something. You yeah, know? yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, of course, three months later, they're Led Zeppelin, right? They're or they're known right, as Led Zeppelin. Right. Um, has there ever been a maybe not Led Zeppelin level, but has there ever been a, a band that you could have gone and seen or, or really wanted to, but you were like, eh, money's uh, it's too expensive or something, and then they died, you know, or that you just haven't been able to. You ever yeah, that? so so there is this um, electronica band that is really starting to blow up now, and they're called uh, Rufus Del Sol, and they're out of I want to say they're from Germany or something like that. I started listening to them a couple years ago, and they actually came to Columbus and played at Scully's, and I remember thinking. I should get tickets to see them. That'd be really cool. And then, you know, I was in school and I I kind of forgot about it. And then I just never got tickets for it. Well, now, like, the band is really blowing up. Like, they're in, uh, they're, one of their songs is in a Grey Goose commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now they're playing, like, well, they're, they're on a world tour right now. And so when they do come to the United States, it's just the the big places, yeah. Um, you know, New York, Los Angeles. They're going to be playing Red Rocks this year, and so I'm just like, ah, like I feel like that's the one that got away <laughs> because I really wish I would have saw them at Scully's because that would have been an amazing story to say. Hey, I saw Rufus Del Sol at Scully's, and now they're like freaking touring the war world and you know their songs are in gray goose commercials so mm-hmm. um but if i could pick a, a a certain artist that you know i could see um that you know you can no longer see is i think being able to see stevie ray vaughn live would be an amazing experience and you know obviously you know, he passed away in the 80s. That's never going to happen. But if I could go back in time, seeing uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan live would uh, would definitely be my number one pick to uh, uh, to to go see as a concert. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> back to our music discussion when I started listening to Pink Floyd in, 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 in uh, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. That was right when they were doing their tour of the United States for Pulse that came out in uh, 94 to 95. And so they were coming to play the Horseshoe. Okay. And I remember Aunt Nancy was down and she was asking Adam if he was going to go see the show. And I remember Adam being like, no. And, And remember, Adam bought me tickets to go see Crosby, Stills, and Nash and stuff. Yeah. And... I remember Adam having some reason why he wasn't going or he didn't get tickets or whatever. And I don't remember that. It's not like, I mean, yes, the show sold out eventually, but I don't think it was like insanely difficult to get tickets. I mean, even if they would have been bad seats or quote unquote bad seats and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking in my mind, oh man, that'd be really cool to go see. Um, but I was kind of scared about it, you know, cause it was like, mm-hmm. I hadn't been to Ohio state game at that point. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and little did I know that was the last time Pink Floyd would tour as quote unquote Pink Floyd. Right. Cause that, it, in my mind, like I'd said, they'd had, you know, 13 albums and it just seemed like, Oh, this is their newest album. They're going to come out with another one in three years, uh-huh. four years. And uh-huh. then it was like five years past, 10 years past, 15 years past. And they finally released a, uh, a quote unquote follow up album. But you know, Rick Wright had died, um, 
you know, so it was really just Nick Mason yeah. and, and, and David Gilmore uh, putting together right. some stuff that they right. recorded back in 94. Uh, so not the same thing. So they're obviously not going to tour. So I made sure yeah. whenever um, David Gilmore would tour again, because then it happened again. Fast forward to 2003 and David Gilmore is coming around and he's touring and I'm like, eh, I don't need to see David Gilmore because they'll probably get back together at some point. And I want to see, quote unquote, Pink Floyd, even though Roger Waters yeah. is not a part of it. But Right. And, or sorry, not 2003, it was 2006, I believe. And John and I were living together. And didn't go. S- missed them again. And I was like, man. And then uh, the in hindsight, okay, I will gladly spend $80 on some BS thing, you know, um, that I don't even remember what I spent on and I sell it a year later or it breaks, but I will like be so hesitant to spend 80 bucks on a concert ticket because there's something Uh in my mind that says that's so expensive. Yes, it's only a two hour experience, a three hour experience, but that's it. It's an experience, right? It'll last the rest of your life we're making a damn show about our concert experiences right, right now you know uh-huh. That, uh-huh. that 80 dollar whatever uh, thing i bought in 2006 i don't even remember at this point we're not going to have an episode about that you know so so definitely david gilmore was something so when he was doing his his possibly his last tour ever i mean he's in his 70s you know um or at least his last tour in the united states I made sure I was going to it, but, um, I, and it all stems from that regret, right. Of again, I probably couldn't have gone and seen Pink Floyd in 95, you know, I, tickets might've been sold out or whatever, but I do remember having that thought of like, Oh, I'd really like to go see him. Maybe I should ask Adam if, if he'll go with me, you know, but I didn't. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. There's been some bad shows, definitely. I, I think another one of the most disappointing experiences I've ever had was that Dada show that we went to at the factory. And <laughs> I, I, the factory's not there anymore, right? Like, it was just some weird warehouse place. Right. Yeah, that, that's a, that the factory was actually where... Um... Um, the new uh, Clipper Stadium is right now. That's so, it. yeah, it's, yeah, it's not there anymore. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, there was a series of warehouses. I even think John's company was near there, uh, you know, when he, when he worked for uh, Life uh-huh. uh, Technologies or whatever. And you go in, we're seeing Dada. It's the first time Dada's played together since, I think, 98. You know, so it's been five years since Dada's played. Yeah. And we go in, and it was really cool because they had an opening band, and the opening band, like, teased some Dada songs because they were Dada fans. And the yeah. opening band played for, like, 55 minutes, an hour or whatever, which is kind of normal, you know, for an opening band. And then Dada comes on, and they only play, what, 35 minutes, maybe? Like, 45 yeah. minutes? Uh-huh. And then they're, like... They say, hey, this is going to have to be our last song. And we're like, what the fuck? And it's because the the damn venue was becoming a dance club at <laughs> 1030 or something. So there's right, all these people right. in like freaking neon clothes and stuff coming in. Um, so, man, definitely like super bummed about that. But one thing I yeah. do, did love about it was... It was probably worth it for this memory. That was 2003. I'm 21, 22, right? And I'm buying a beer. And I'm getting used to, oh, I'm supposed to tip a bartender for getting me a beer type. You know, yeah. Thing. Uh-huh. Um, and so if a beer is $2, or if I if a beer is $1.25, right, I will give him $2 and leave the change. That that's like was my mentality, right? I didn't have singles uh-huh. Uh-huh. all the time on me. You know, we hadn't been going to strip clubs all the time to get all those ones. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to leave them a dollar for a dollar beer, right? Like, I, I I might do that now, but at the time when I'm 21, I'm like, oh, I have two dollars here. I will leave you the the 75 cents to my dollar 25. Well, anyways, yeah. The, the bartender. <laughs> so I'm like, here you you know keep the change, and he grabs the the, the three quarters. And he just like flings them at the wall. Yeah. You know, just goes. <laughs> and as he's flinging them, he just goes, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what about you? Do you have your, uh, you know, least favorite experience yet? 
Yeah, I think my least favorite concert experience has been a concert that never happened. And not because the band canceled the show or, or you know, the show was going to uh, start and then like rain came or something. Uh, it was, I had full intentions to go to this concert, but then unfortunately just like plans changed and then I wasn't able to go. And, you know, I was kind of disappointed, but at the same time, I don't know what I was missing. So I guess it's kind of crappy that I didn't go, but, you know. Well, maybe it was meant to be. Maybe the concert was shit. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's true. It could have been been a a shitty concert for sure. Well, on a more upbeat note, uh, what do you think your favorite experience has been? So I've, so my, my, my brother-in-law, he's, he's taken me to, uh, some concerts recently. Um, and he had seen, I'm trying to think what the band was. It wasn't Rancid cause we saw them at Newport. Anyways, it was a band I was not familiar with. Didn't really know the music. It was kind of more like he was going to see them for nostalgia stake, uh, stake. And um, I was surprisingly impressed with this band. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm just tagging along, you know, like, sure, you know, I'll go see a band. But I think it's those concerts that kind of catch you off guard where you don't have like any expectations for. That's the ones that I think have been my favorite because I've been like, oh, like I didn't even expect like I was going to have a really good time here. And then then I end up having a really good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those have been my favorite experiences is where you just you don't have, you know, very, you know, many expectations for. And then it just all of a sudden you're like. Holy cow! I'm having like a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the band. I just remembered it was uh, at the drive-in. Oh yeah, it's the band. Yeah. So we went down to the LC and saw them. I wasn't familiar with any of their music, but they just really impressed me. They put on a hell of a show. Like I was just, in, I was impressed. Mm-hmm. I've gone through my list. There's been. Uh, tons of awesome shows, right? There's been tons of awesome moments, and there, I think that's the key: is it's all those moments. It's it's Kevin jumping up on my shoulder and like, you know, flying a thousand feet in the air and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's things like that. It's it's yeah, taking yeah. my nephew to uh, you know some type of stomp show, and you know him like being super cool, or my niece like seeing something and going oh my god that's amazing but i think for me i have to go back to my most memorable it was an opening band and i i already kind of described it but it was it was robert bradley and uh blackwater surprise and mm-hmm. he opened for johnny lang back in 98 and yeah. i just remember like that was my first time knowing nothing about a band and immediately being like, I need to buy th- yeah. their album, whatever they have. Um, right, right. And I think I was spoiled because a lot of times you'll hear people be blown away by a band live, then they buy the album, they don't like it as much, you know? And I was spoiled with Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise because not only were they super awesome live, but when I bought the album, uh-huh. and I put it in my CD player when I got home, I was like... Yes, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and to this day, I will still put on their opening track. Uh, right. Just as like, uh, it, it will always, for the end of, as long as I live and breathe, this song will like put a smile on my face.
my my equivalent to to uh, what you just described there, and you were actually at this concert. It was when we saw Blues Traveler at the Newport. And do you remember who opened for Blue Strap? Oh, um, um, Leaf, Carbon Leaf. Carbon Leaf. Yeah, you're right. That's ne- another one. Never, never had heard of this band before, but you were like immediately like, I need to go buy the album. You're right. And the album was just as good as the band. Yep. Ordinary, live a life extraordinary with me. Live a life less sedentary, live a life evolutionary with me. Well, I hate to be a bother, but it's you and there's no other. I do believe you can call me naive, but I know me very well. As far as I can tell And I know what I need What do you think? Are you ready for another? 